All right, everyone, this is Kevin coming to you live from the new and improved Chillcast. Here we go. We got a new microphone, uh, new hop in my step for this season, and we are hosted on Apple Podcasts as of today. And along with that came some threats for some uh, poor reviews if we don't publish content immediately. And that's why I'm here. I'm going to be talking about some of the top prospects that are available to draft. Uh, one thing that I've kind of touched on before is that plenty of teams don't have prospects. Even Alec only has two of his three slots, and I'm confused. They're free players who can come up and make an impact for your team. Um, and I want to kind of give you some insight into the research that I've done and encourage you to draft these players and get them on your team. So I uh, really want to turn this podcast into something productive, something that you can learn from. Um, and you might be thinking, you know, Kevin, this might hurt your chances if you just share your knowledge um, with everyone in the league. And my answer is that there's no way that I'm going to win in the next five years anyway. So this is my outlet to kind of have some fun. Uh, let's jump right into it. So I have seven prospects for you here, um, and I'm going to run through them. I have them ranked, and I have you know just some information on them and a, a comp for who I think that they can become. Uh, just to give you an idea of you know it's it's tough to project sometimes uh, minor league stats. How much do they mean? How much growth does a player have left in them? Um, and you know, that's dependent on age and build things like that, the system that they're in, but I'm going to do my best to give you some insight into, you know, who are these prospects? Why should you draft them? So, uh, first off the board, Fernando Tate is junior. He's in the top 10 of almost every prospect ranking site. Uh, and he's a shortstop for the Padres. So let's, let's pull up his stats real quick. Um, he mashed in single A uh, this past year to the tune of a 281 average, 390 on base, which is pretty nuts. He knows how to take a walk, and he slugged 520, so he's got some pop. Uh, he's got a huge frame, six foot three, 185, and you know, with a six foot three frame, I, I got to think there's room to pack on some goddamn muscle. You know what I'm saying? Got boy stocky. I hope soon. Uh, so. Along with that came a 14.5% walk rate, which is something, as a 19-year-old, I wouldn't expect. You know, that's really high. He's already developing some patience at the plate. And, you know, he had a f he, he got bumped up to double-A, uh, kind of shit the bed for 50 or so uh, plate attempts. But I'm going to throw that out and um, really want to see how he does this year. But, you know, I would be looking to target him... I don't know how many rounds there are, but, you know, I'm not going to be waiting to the last round. Like, who would you rather have between a fucking Lucas Duda or a guy with this much upside? You know, I'm going to be taking Fernando Taters, as I would like him to be nicknamed. I hope that catches on. And my comp for him is going to be a Corey Seager. I think that, um, you know, with the combination of some power and some decent plate discipline as well as a reasonable average sitting around 280, that's who I'm going to comp him to. And, you know, that would be kind of not even necessarily the ceiling, but uh, one of the better outcomes for who he can become. Obviously, I'm not going to guarantee it. Next up is Miguel Andujar. Sorry, how do you say this? Miguel Andujar. 
Uh, and he's a third baseman for the Yankees. And it seems like, based on reports from spring training, he's going to have the job, the third base job, coming out of camp. Um, and, you know, he, he could kind of move around the infields. I think that he has some flexibility. I know that they just signed a Brandon Drury, who could give him some competition. So keep an eye on that. Uh, looking at his stats, he doesn't strike out too much, uh, most of which was 14% in double A, but he's keeping it around 13%, which is really impressive. Uh, he's got a high average sitting around 310. Um, for the 2017 year, and he's got a bit of pop. I mean, considerably, you know, the 180-ish ISO. Uh, he's no slouch. Um, so what what can you kind of expect from this guy? Let's just check his size. So he's 23, 6 foot, 215, so he's a big boy. Um, my comp for him is going to be a Kyle Seeger in a better lineup. You know, if you're hitting in that Yankees lineup, He's going to fucking have some people to knock in. And if he gets on base, there's a good chance he's going to get knocked in as well. Um, so what I'm expecting out of him in terms of slash line, and just to reiterate, uh, that's average on base followed by slugging. We'll be looking around a 265 average, uh, 325 on base because his walk rate, uh, there's, there's some room to grow there sitting around five to six percent um and that's actually what's being projected by your steamer projections uh kyle seager is what i'm expecting him to look like so he's not going to be blowing your cock off like a uh, chris bryant but i think he's going to be a serviceable third baseman um in the, in the coming years so definitely keep an eye on him and of course with any of these guys there's potential for more um that was number two Miguel and number three we have Forrest Whitley so this is a pitcher for the Astros and he was just recently suspended for I believe 60 games um, for violating whatever drug policy minor league drug policy I think it was weed uh, that's not going to knock him down in my rankings too much even though you know it kind of sucks you don't get to see what he's going to do this year uh, but either way I would be expecting him to really debut next year but the reason that I have him ranked so high is that uh, his strikeout potential is just insane. So at single A, he was striking out 13 per nine, 13 strikeouts per nine innings. And then as he moved up from uh, high A to double A, he was reaching almost 16 strikeouts per nine innings. And that's something that I don't even know if I've seen before. Um, and along with that comes reasonable commands, like pretty good commands. He's got, um, I just have manageable walk rate. I noted down, but I think it was sitting around like 2.5 walks per nine, which is good. Um, so his FIP and XFIP are just really something to be impressed by as well as his ERA. And something to note is that the only other pitcher prospects since he's 19 years old, to reach AAA this fast are Zach Granke and someone you might have heard of named Kershaw. So he's on the track for success, and I think that he should be he, he should be drafted, um, you know, as maybe your number one keeper. He's or I'm sorry, number one prospect. He really is that good. Um, my comp for him is really tough to find anyone 
kind of twirling this cheese down the pipe. Um, but I'm I'm going to say he could reach Steven Strasburg levels of dominance. Um, and you would hope that he would stay healthier than Strasburg. Uh, Strasburg is another pitcher known to just have dominated the minor leagues and rose up really quickly. Um, I'm like, it's, it's so hard to say that a pitching prospect is going to reach that potential, but I think that's his upside. Um, definitely keep an eye out for Forrest Whitley because you know that I'm going to be, um, after him, we have Keston Hyura. He's a second baseman. I believe he's on the Brewers and he's five, I want to say five eleven, one seventy. Um, so he's got an athletic frame and he's got the glove to stick in middle infield. Uh, and that's something surprisingly tough to find is, you know, an athletic, they seem to be smaller guy to play second base, which I would say is the most scarce position outside of catcher. Um, and I, my comp for him is a, the good version of Jason Kipnis. So you might be thinking like, uh, you're really going to comp this prospect that you're kind of promoting to the fucking meatball and the Indians. And that's correct. Something I just kind of found out maybe in the past year is that Kipnis can be good. Um, I think it was maybe 2015, 2016 Kipnis's slash line was 284, 366, 452. And especially that on base percentage is something that's going to pay dividends in our league. Um, where we count walks, um, and I, I think he's got more speed than Kipnis. So you might be looking at like a 15-20 potential player, 15 home runs, 20 stolen bases with a really good average, like 270 to 285. And at second base, I think uh, that's really valuable and surprisingly tough to find. So he comes in at the four slot based on positional scarcity. Um, keep an eye out for Keston. And he's also got a really sick name. Um, super jealous would swap uh, pretty much no problem. Keston Stewart sounds way sicker. Um, that's the top four prospects that I have for you. And we're going to take a quick break and say thank you to our first sponsor of the Chillcast, First legitimate sponsor. So we'll be right back. Very excited for this. Thank you to our first sponsor, Shitter. Shitter is the first app that helps you find a quality public restroom in your area. Their slogan is, when you gotta go, you gotta go. And that can't be more spot on. In addition to nabbing you a spot in line using their priority queue feature, you can also rate and review your local Shitters to let people know how it went. Does that Starbucks at 7th and 1st have a bidet? Snap a pic and let your neighbors know. That's S-H-I-T-R and use code CHILLCAST let them know we sent you. Thanks. And we are back. Um, just kind of forgot to give you my little spiel at the beginning. Uh, really excited just to get this new podcast out there for the weekend. Not sure if anyone will listen to it. Maybe they'll save it for Monday, the Monday commute, which would be just fine with me. That's usually when I bust out my new favorite podcasts, and I hope this does become one of your favorites. Um, and just talk about what I'm drinking. I uh, do have a small glass of some scotch. That's a, a Glen, Glen Levitt 12, which 
one Lee Ramson got me for uh, my housewarming. So thanks to him. Uh, it does taste delicious. I'm drinking it neat. Uh, I do have some hair in my chest, and it's some tacking some more on. So pretty cool. Um, let's get back to the prospects. Number five, we've got Austin Meadows. And this is a guy who was previously ranked, I want to say, in the top five overall prospects. But of course, this is top five prospects that are still available in our league. Um, so his stock, no doubt, has dropped a good amount. Um, but I still think that there's room for him to come up and be pretty dominant. So I think some of the number one, or I'm sorry, the top reasons that I'm kind of pushing for him. And, you know, this is higher than a lot of other experts have him, is that there's room on the roster for him with the trade of McCutcheon. Um, Marte could get banned again for shooting up the juice. Polanco is pretty much inevitably hurt. And the rest of Pittsburgh, you know, is pretty decent in terms of getting on base. So their lineup is actually not too bad. Uh, If Meadows comes in, he can definitely contribute and uh, knock in some runs. He's shown flashes of being elite. Um, Just off the top of my head, I think it was 2016. He hit at double A. Um, 311 average, 611 slugging for, I think, half a season. And that was with some really solid plate discipline as well. And that's the kind of thing that you look for and kind of turns your head as a player coming up through the ranks. You don't usually see that type of slash. <clears throat> so I, it's been a down year, down couple of years due to injury. Uh, he is definitely an injury risk. But so far, he's mashing in spring training. I think he's his OPS is somewhere around like 2,000. Um, so, I mean, it's obviously too early to call, and you don't want to place too much stock in spring training. But um, maybe he's turning it back on. <coughs> Excuse me. So, uh, you know, just for the fact that he could come up and contribute for you for you this year, and then you could go ahead and pick up another prospect. He would come off the draft uh, pretty late. Uh, the draft board. And my comp for him is Christian Yelich. So, you know, um, a guy hits for a decent average, like 270, with some pop and with some uh, decent walk rate. Jeez, I'm getting really like dry mouth talking so much. So let me take a sip. Oh, God. I think that he can be, you know, the five category contributor that Kristen Yelich is. And I think that'd be a great outcome um, for a super young player with potentially more pop. Um, Yelich hits a ton of grounders. I would like to see if Meadows can kind of join the fly ball revolution and slap a couple more dingers for us. Uh, beyond that, Jake isn't going to like this one, but it is Francisco. Mejia, I think is how you would probably say it. So he's a catching prospect. Um, Let me see what team he's on. I I feel like it's the Indians. Yeah, it's the Indians. And just noted down that he's a 300 average hitter, and he does have some pop. Um, That is tough to find out of a catcher. 
And I think more importantly, since you know I'm obsessed with plate discipline, is that he's dropped uh, his strikeout percentage or kept it the same at every level. And he did get a couple of at-bats in the MLB last year, although he still qualifies as a prospect. I read that he would be starting at AAA. But um, he is pretty much MLB ready and would come up, he should come up relatively soon into the season, um, maybe by the Super 2, like, all-star-ish break. But he could be, you know, like I mentioned before, catcher is the scarcest position. And along with that, his comp is Wilson Contreras, someone who's kind of risen up the rankings really quickly of uh, catchers in the league. And, you know, if you can find a guy who's going to hit in 80% of games for 300 average with some pop, you're going to have a you're going to be um, considerably ahead of other teams who are rocking like, um, I don't know, like a grand doll who strikes out a ton or um, I can't think of any other catcher right now because I just don't care about them. Um, so look for Wilson Contreras with less power. That's my comp for him. So that was number six, Francisco Mejia. And at number seven, we have A.J. Puck. And this is the last prospect that I'm going to be kind of uh, giving you advice on. Beyond this, it's kind of murky. Uh, a lot of pitchers without a clear path to the majors or who are just too young. And a lot of kind of run-of-the-mill hitters, maybe hitting for just average. Or, you know, glove-first hitters who I am not paying too much attention to. I'm always looking for either someone who's going to come up and contribute and help me win this season. Or prospects with a lot of upside who can come up and who I could potentially keep. So this is AJ Puck. He's on the athletics and uh, all sources point to him coming up at some point this season. So he rocks an 11 caper nine. Um, and, you know, he needs to bring the walks under control. It's sitting around like 3.5 uh, walks per nine. So um, hopefully the strikeout, the strikeouts kind of outweigh uh, that lack of commands. I think that they can, and we've seen it with some of the higher, like, you Darvish, um, or, I don't know, Carrasco, when he's not quite ace level, um, kind of, you know, lacking command, but can, can still contribute. And one thing to note is that he is a college arm, kind of running train through the minors, and he won't take too much more to be major league ready. Uh, my comp for him is Danny Salazar, who hopefully isn't constantly hurt. Um, Salazar is one of those guys with a killer fastball, really high strikeouts, really high potential, but um, you know he's got the nagging shoulder injuries seemingly every other week. I think AJ Puck could reach that level, and from what I've read, um, you know isn't plagued by that kind of injury. Keep an eye out for him. So that's going to wrap it up. I think that was uh, pretty quick running through those prospects, but I want to give you kind of uh, condensed content, you might say, where you can give a quick listen and come away a bit better of a manager, hopefully a bit better of a person. Um, and one thing that I 
have just started, and this is the first episode that we're going to be doing it, is accepting questions to our chillcast.pod at gmail.com email address. And really, I, I want you to open up and ask me anything. Um, you can ask me about what's it like planning a wedding or what's it like um, sitting on the subway next to a homeless man, uh, like eating a garbage burrito. And I'm happy to answer any of those types of questions, anything you want to ask me. So I did have two emails to give a look at. Um, haven't looked at them in a while, just kind of give you an off the cuff answer to these questions. And I really thank uh, the two managers who wrote in. So this first set of questions comes from Dwayne. Um, the first question he asked is, who do I keep? Sorry, I didn't help you out there, but I think you know you made the right choices. Can we boot Alec from the league? Uh, I don't think so. I think really the league needs kind of the villain to drive both controversy, uh, give some give some reason for people to be engaged and something to fight against, um, a form of motivation, and also I think Alec likes playing that villain dominant role. <clears throat> So I, I would be against booting Alec from the league. Also, he's just a nice guy. All right, the next question up is, if JJ and Matt were to have a love child, would that child be the chillest ch chill of Chiliville, USA? I would say probably. Um, Matt, kind of at his core, is just extremely chill and laid back. A great guy to hang out with. And I would say that JJ is the same. JJ is uh, more analytical in terms of you know, constantly giving his take on the happenings in the league, in life. I think that's a really cool side of him that uh, I think would kind of balance out Matt's kind of go with the flow. And if you have someone who can kind of contribute um, in areas where they are interested, but can also just be your boy and chill out, I could see their love child being one of the most chill. So do I think pitchers or hitters are more important to a team? Uh, yeah, good question. I think I, I really try to build my team around a core of hitters, um, mainly because they're less, there's less variance from year to year or even uh, like quarter of the season onward. Um, pitchers can really be hot or cold and also are more injury prone. You know, Tommy John can take a pitcher out for an entire season. Um, hitters are generally pretty consistent, and I just like to build my, my team around a young core of hitters. Uh, that's that's kind of, and usually it's outfielders. Next question up is, would Fran ever trade Reese? I think that's how you say it. I would really like it to be like Reese, and then I would like Fran to name his team the Reese's Cups. I, I'm not sure... I think Fran gets really attached to his players and especially Reese coming off such a honestly historic uh, season where his ISO was somewhere around 350 while his swing strike rate was in the 7 to 8%. Um, that, that has not really been matched too often for half a season. I think Trout's maybe done it twice, maybe Josh Donaldson once. I don't think he's going to trade him at this point in time, although I do expect regression from Reese to some extent because I don't think that you can keep that pace up unless you're on roids. 
and just a freak in addition to that. Um, so no, at this time, I don't think Fran is going to trade him. Uh, should we invite Trout into the league? I think that'd be awesome. I would love to be Trout's friend. He seems like a genuine guy, and I would, at the very least, love to grab a beer with him at some point in my life. Uh, it's yet to be seen if that will happen. If he moves to Philly, um, and we can meet up with him, catch him on the street, maybe buy him a beer, and see what he thinks about our league, um, then I would say yes. We should invite him, but just kind of off the cuff inviting him, I don't think we'll get a response. Uh, other set of questions came from Fran Davini. All right. He said, first time, long time. Hope that means he's a fan and not a hater. I want to know, how do you rank the top 10 pitchers this season? That's a good question. Um, wasn't prepared for this, so I can just kind of rattle them off. I don't th know if I'll get through 10, but, you know, Kershaw is number one for me followed by Scherzer. I don't think we'll see a Scherzer drop off. I think he's too driven and, you know, he's not going for pure velocity. Uh, he pays a lot. He, he attributes a lot of his success to consistency and command. Um, so I'm not expecting a drop off <clears throat> as I would from like a Thor once he gets to his mid thirties. So it's still Scherzer after that has to be sale. He's a younger pitcher on a team that's gearing up to win, and we know that wins really count in our league. <clears throat> Let me think who else. Um, you know, Kluber had a down year 2016, and last year was an absolute freak. I think he had a down year. Maybe he's just been dominant. Um, I would say Kluber and Bumgarner are next up. After that, I really like Bumgarner because he's young. He goes deep into games. Um, he's in a pitcher's park. Uh, the Giants have traded for some decent pieces in Longoria and McCutcheon, who you know are going to contribute two to three wins above replacement, and maybe Bumgarner will catch two of those. Um, so hopefully his record improves. I don't expect him to go dirt biking again. I think he's pretty durable. Beyond that, I feel like I'm forgetting some someone obvious, but I, I really like Steven Strasburg. I think that when he's on, he's on, he's pretty much like untouchable and a top three. But of course, he comes along with the injury risk. Um, Severino is a freak and the youngest of the group by, by far. Uh, so Sean is really lucky to have him. Oh, I forgot about Thor. Thor is ridiculous. And if he's not injured, I think he's like top two. Uh, like the velocity is so sick. The command is ridiculous. Like Kershaw level command in terms of walk rate. <clears throat> I think it's about eight and I'll just stop there because, um, I don't have any other facts to back up the next set of guys with. Uh, let me see if that was the only question from Fran. <clears throat> that, that was the only question. And he says, thanks. And S my D. <clears throat> Perhaps at the draft after three car bombs, I will consider that offer. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Chillcast. And you can find this episode, I guess you'll already be listening to it, so this point is moot, but on Apple Podcasts and soon-to-be Google Play, where you can download them and listen to them offline. Uh, if you ride the subway underground like me, that's perfect. 
But really, thank you for listening. And I hope to be get, coming, uh, sorry, bringing content to you every week uh, at, well, optimistically every week because I want this to be a regular thing. I really enjoy it. Please write in questions to the chillcast.pod at gmail.com. Um, I would love to interact with the listeners. And I would also love feedback from you. I want to make this a legit endeavor. Uh, just kind of build my skills as a host because it's something I'm really interested in and also an editor. Um, and, you know, I just think it's fun. I'm very interested in the sport um, and hope to share that interest with you. So thanks again. This is Kevin Stewart signing off podcast 2.2, getting this new season started. Take care.